Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Powder and Leader Podcast. Here in Iowa, we're about a month away from the early teal season. Uh, Wes and I have been out doing some scouting. We found a nice little pond. I think we're going to be duck hunting this September and October. And then into pheasant season, there's a nice pheasant area out there too. So that's mostly what we've been doing recently. As we've been working hard on our retrieves. We've been doing a lot of retrieving drills and scouting new areas to hunt. Um, should be a fun hunting season. But this episode of the podcast is going to be focused on e-collars. And there's a lot of things that you can talk about with e-collars. You can talk about whether or not people should be using them on dogs. I use one on mine, so obviously I think they're okay to use. Um, and the, just the different philosophies and how I got into e-collars and how I just changed from being someone who was more reward-based to someone who I don't even want to say is negative reinforcement. I guess it's what it is, but it's more polishing than anything else. So let's get into that. Um, when I first started training, most of my training knowledge came from watching my dad train labs. Um, he never used an e-collar. He never shocked them. We never had an electric fence or anything like that. Everything was all positive reinforcement. And after that, everything I read kind of fell into that and reinforced that. Always positive reinforcement. You know, always make the dog want to help you like they should want to please you and that's where that comes from um and that's what my goal with west was is to make it so everything he does he does it right because he doesn't wants to do it right and he wants to make me happy happy um and that comes with challenges especially for someone like me who's not a professional dog trainer who doesn't do this all day long every day all day um Wes is a house dog. He lives in the house, so and he's always over in my parents' house, so he's always around kids. He's always around people who don't 100% understand the training that we're trying to do and what I'm trying to have him do. Um, and it's harder to maintain that consistency when you don't do it every day. You're not around people who do it the same way as you every day. And that brings along a lot of challenges and a lot of things you're always trying to refine always trying to tweak. There's always something you got to fix with that. And I want him to be a house dog. I don't want him to be out in a kennel all the time. I like when he cuddles up on the couch at night after he eats and, you know, he's kind of stinky sometimes, but that's okay. Um, I will say most of the time when we're out training and it's just me and Wes or just me, Wes and my wife, he does what he's supposed to do on the check cord. It's not until the check cord comes off that he thinks, or he was thinking, it's time to play. And I kept racking my brain, and I've been racking my brain all all this time. How can I get him to think that check cord is on him even when it's not, and that he has to do what he's supposed to do even when that check cord's not on him? And honestly, I think I was just doing too much. I finally just started searching around. I was getting on YouTube. I was getting onto reddit forums for dog training i was looking everywhere i could possibly look to try to figure out how can i get this dog to listen to me even when he's not on a check cord and finally i found two channels that finally convinced me i just needed to jump in buy an e-collar and see what happens so those two channels were standing stone kennels on youtube and lone duck outfitters on youtube I think they're two of the best dog training alongside the Wild Rose book. If you can get the Wild Rose book for dog training, I think there's a lot of good drills in there. And that's a good place to start. But as far as videos go, 
Standing Stone Kennels and Lone Duck, by far my top two choices, I would say. Um, at first, I assumed, you know, you can only use any collar on pointing dogs. That's what Standing Stone mostly does is those German short-haired pointers, and they're teaching them to point, trying to force retrieve them, all that. I'm thinking, well, I have a retriever. I shouldn't have to force retrieve a retriever. You should do it naturally. That's what they're bred to do. They're supposed to pick things up and bring them to you. And that's when I found Lone Duck. I was like, oh, this guy knows a lot more about dogs than I do. He has Labrador Retrievers. That's what I have. Oh, and he's using e-collars? All right, that's what finally convinced me. It's time to get the e-collar. So the day finally comes. Charge it up, make sure everything's good to go, and I put it on Wes. Like, All right, let's see what he does. And I put it on vibrate, and I just slowly turn it up until he gets a reaction. Finally, there's a reaction, and he runs into the other room, tucks his tail, and he's hiding. And I'm sitting in the living room going, come on, Wes, come here, come here, Wes. And eventually, he comes running, and I turn it off. I take him off him, and I don't do anything else. The next day, take him out to the side yard with the checkboard on, because I live on a busy street and I don't want him running out to the road. And I do retrieves with it, and I do the same thing. And he brings it to me, and I'm like, all right, maybe he's starting to figure it out. Finally, <laughs> the next day, I go out to a big field, and as I call Wes, here he comes. I go out into a big field, no checkboard, just him and a dummy, and the collar on. Throw it to him, for him, he doesn't bring it. I buzz him, he brings it. All right, do it a couple more times. Eventually, I don't even have to buzz him. He's just bringing it to me. And then the only time I felt bad using the collar was when I was out with Wes, and I had turned all the way up on buzz, on vibrate, and he's not bringing it to me. He's not bringing it to me. I switch it to Nick, but I forget to turn down the intensity and I nick him on full blast. He jumps like four feet in the air, yips, runs to me. He's afraid to even retrieve after that. And I'm like, oh no, here we go. I just screwed this dog up. But luckily, I was able to get him to go pick up the dummy, hold on to it, realize, oh, it's not going to bite him. He figured out that he can go and still chase it. And it's not going to bite him. He can fetch it up, bring it to me, all that fun stuff. It's not going to bite him. And then after that, Wes has been perfect. Everything he does, he does right. He listens. He's attentive. He's paying attention. He's trying to do the right thing. Haven't put the check cord on him since. And I'm just amazed at how well this works. And for people who are on the edge thinking, oh, do I get an e-collar? Do I not? I say, do it, obviously. Um... The big thing you should do, and what I wish I did more, was use it more before I put it on the dog. You know, test it, make sure I know what buttons do what. And I never shocked him on accident. I only shocked him too high. So that was more just not thinking about what I'm doing while I was out there. Um, but he still loves me. He still cuddles with me on the couch. He still brings me dummies now, and he actually brings them better. So I think... Where you should start training with an e-collar, and I think Standing Stone tell you the same thing. I think Lone Duck would tell you the same thing, and I know that because I've watched videos, and this is what they say to do. They say, don't use it on a dog that doesn't know what he's doing. If he doesn't know what he's supposed to do right, he's not going to know what he's doing wrong. So, 
with Wes, like I said, everything he did, he would do perfectly on a check cord. It was just until it came off. So I knew Wes knew how to heal, which he's always healed well, even just off a lead, even. He would heal well. He knew how to retrieve. He knew place. He knew recall the place. Everything would just go out the window when that check cord came off. So putting it on him, I knew when I hit that negative reinforcement, when I hit that buzz, I knew Wes would know what to do. And once he figured out he has to do it right and it shuts off, he's never even had to have it buzz him once. I think for people who don't train dogs every day, even people who do train dogs every day, it's really, really hard. and It takes a lot, a lot of time to get dogs to do everything you want on just on positive reinforcement alone. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying it's not easy. And if you want to refine, you want to polish that dog to make sure it does what it's supposed to do when you want it to do it every single time, e-collar is the way to go. Now, my dad also got an e-collar at the same time, and he's using it on his pup that's just about a year old, and he's doing it more alongside the actual training. And he got his for the other reason that I like him for, is it's got a beeper on it. So when we're out in the field, his dog's a little smaller than Wes. When Wes is out in the field, you know where Wes is out in the field because he shakes every blade of grass around him. Smaller dogs, you can't always see them, and it's got that really loud beep on them, and you'll hear them. You'll know where they're at. Wes doesn't have that problem, so I just went with a DT Systems Mini, and I got it right here. That's why you can hear stuff moving around. DT Systems Mini that only has the Vibrate and the Nick and the Continuous. It has no beeper or anything else like that on it. It came with just this little remote, and I'll take a picture, and I'll put it on Instagram when I post this. Just a little remote with a lanyard on it. It's got three buttons and a knob. Um, oh, and I guess you can hook it up to three different collars. So it's got three collar selectors on there too. But um, that's the other thing you got to remember is make sure you have the right collar selected. He was chasing a deer the other day when we were out scouting. And I'm trying to buzz him to come back and I didn't have his collar selected. But he came back on his own anyways, so that's a win in my book. Um, I have a DT Systems. I think Garmin makes them as well. Um, they're similarly priced. So it's just kind of who you want to go to. I got DT Systems. That's what Standing Stone uses, and they look like they work well. And I didn't do much research into them beyond that. And it's worked perfectly for me. It's waterproof. Wes has been swimming in the lake with it on. He's been doing everything, rolling in mud puddles with it on, and it works perfectly. Um. So yeah, that's about it, I think, for this week. Next week, I think will be a lot longer when I'm going to talk about the five reasons why I got a lab, why I have labs, why I love labs, and why I hunt with labs. So that'll be next week. Um, thanks for listening. If you haven't listened to the first episode, I guess it's technically the channel trailer. Um, go listen to that. It's even shorter than this one. It's quick. Um, I hope you enjoy it and come back next week. Thanks. Thanks.